Sunday Surefire Podcast. I'm your host, the Kamish. Joining me today is the co-host, the one and only Ethan Weaver. Kamish, how we doing? We're doing pretty good, brother. Doing pretty good. Uh, we got week nine behind us. We are moving on to week 10 on the DFS front. Uh, as always here, we're going to be talking uh, prices on DraftKings for your daily fantasy football lineups for this week. Uh, but before we do that, as always, we got to rewind and talk about what went well for us in week nine with our told you so segment. You like that? You like that? And we'll throw it to you, my man. You were the winner last week uh, of our in our head-to-head contest. So why don't you start us off and let me know what, you, uh, what went well for you in week nine. Yes, and a big reason uh, for my win was Rashad White. He cost $5,600 on DraftKings last week. And he gave you 27.9 fantasy points. Uh, part of my hot take last week that he was, that he was finally going to score a second touchdown of the year. He did just that with uh, two rushing touchdowns, actually. So he won up that one. But um, just a great performance by him, fantasy-wise. Like I said, the two rushing touchdowns. He had 20 attempts on the ground. He had four catches for 46 yards for the air. My bold prediction was that he'd have, I believe, seven plus. He didn't get there, but hey, I was happy with almost 30 points. So he was a big reason why I was uh, a uh, the winner amongst us three, that is, this past week. Yeah, that was definitely a big leg up for you. Always nice when one of the guys you call out hits pay dirt multiple times in the same week. Definitely sets you up for success for sure. A few guys I, I got right here last week. My bullish buy was CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he was expensive, of course, for $8,200, but did return 32.1 fantasy points. Ramondre Stevenson, I think I mentioned last week that you were just one week a little too early on him and that he that week nine was the week he was going to go off. And he ended up returning 22.9 fantasy points at a cost of just $5,400 in your lineup. Uh, my defense planned out too. Uh, the Saints were expensive, $4,100 for them, but they did hit double digits like I promised you that they would return 13 fantasy points. And my hot take also came through last week. I told you that the Raiders were going to beat the Giants by double digits. And what do you know? They end up rallying around new interim head coach Antonio Pierce. And they win going away with a score of 30-6 to against the lowly, lowly, lowly New York Giants. So that's uh, that's what we did well in week nine. But as always, we turn the page quickly around here. There's always another week on the horizon for you to crush in your lineups. And that's why we're here to help set the table for you in order to help you get ahead here in DFS and to make sure you're staying ahead on all of our other fronts, whether it be DFS, whether it be the gambling scene, best ball dynasty, whatever it is, check us out on our discord. It's pinned on all of our social media channels. Check us out on X at Sunday underscore surefire to hear, to see more of our great content um, that we talk about here on the episode and also that other things that you're missing by not being part of that community. So please join us. It's all good times in there. Good vibes only. And it's uh, we're here to help you win some money. So let's keep doing that here. Rolling into week 10, Ethan, who is your bullish buy for this week? What expensive player are you paying the, paying the price for and setting in your lineup and hoping that they deliver big results this week? Before I get into that, I just want to comment on all your, I told you so is, I mean, you rattle off, I believe, four there, and I, I still beat you. So I don't, I don't really know how that happened, but uh, it was definitely a good, uh, definitely a good week for you uh, in terms of the podcast last week. And I also wanted to mention that Rashad White was the RB one 
uh, of the week. So that's always a good, that's always a good, uh, good, good thing to have. Well, yeah, it sounds um, like, sounds like you kind of answered your own question there. When you, when you hit the RB one at a cheap rate, uh, definitely helps fill out your lineup, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm in a little bit of a cold streak in our head to heads here. I feel like I'm coming in second between the three of us every single week. And it's only by a couple of points here and there. So even, I guess that's a good thing as well for the listeners, because, you know, it's not just one of us hitting and then the other two are kind of bottoming out. Like, no, no, you're getting good picks here out of all of us. And then from there, it's on you, the listener, to kind of piece those, put those pieces of the puzzle together and figure out what winning combination is going to put stacks of cash in your pocket from week to week. No, exactly. And uh, it was a great call also by Stevenson. I was I was in the stands this past week, and I was pretty pumped when he ripped off that 64-yard or so. It was a lot of, a lot of good calls last week, but uh, – and my bullish buy this week is Amon Ross St. Brown with a price of 8300 And the Lions are coming off a buy. I think they're going to be ready to go against the L.A. Chargers, who are ranked 27th against receivers. They haven't been great um, at stopping the wide receiver position. And I just think it's a dream matchup for Amon Ra. It has the highest over-under of the week at 48.5, so I think a lot of points are going to be scored. Uh, the Lions' offense excels at throwing over the middle. And per PFF, the Chargers defense ranks dead last in EPA allowed per pass on such plays. EPA is expected points added. Um, essentially, it just measures how well a team performs compared to their expectations uh, on a play-by-play -play basis. And um, on top of that, uh, the Chargers are third worst in success rate success rate when teams throw over the middle of the field against them. So I think that just sets up for, like I said, a perfect scenario for Amon Ra to eat I think the Chargers are going to be able to put up points as well. So it, it should be a high-scoring affair. And I'm assuming Amon Ra St. Brown is going to be a benefactor of that. So I'm very happy to get Amon Ra St. Brown into my lineup in Week 10. Well, you're not the only one on this program who is high on Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, we will not be hearing from Aaron Downtown Brown tonight, but he did give us our, his picks, and Amon Ra St. Brown is also his bullish buy. So – Right out of the gate, you're getting some consensus from the Sunday Surefire crew, uh, which usually pans out pretty well. So I don't have Sam Brown in my lineup, but I like the call. I like targeting that game that should be high scoring. So I'm on, I'm on board with it, even though I'm not rolling with it this week. And we'll just go right to mine. Uh, I'm going to go with the running back position. I'm going to go Travis Etienne against the San Francisco 49ers for $7,100. And there's just a handful of running backs that are really our matchup proof. And ETN is proving quickly to be one of them. Uh, a big part of that is, of course, the consistent volume that he's getting through the first eight games of the season. On seven of those occasions, he's touched the ball at least 17 times. And he's registered at least three receptions in seven games this season. And, of course, he scored seven TDs along the way so far, too. Obviously, that's that's big when you find the end zone, really blows up your score. And he, like I said, he just game script proofed all around. He's involved no matter what's going on around him. And the 49ers Jacksonville game actually has the third highest over underline on the slate this week. So another game that should be putting up, that we should see teams putting up points in bunches. The Jags are also coming off their bye week. So he's had a chance to rest up a little bit from that heavy workload. So we should be rearing to go for this one. And for just $7,100, it's not a massive number where you're significantly hamstringing yourself in other aspects of your lineup. So I went with Travis Etienne, $7,100 against the 49ers. Etienne is starting to be one of the safer plays amongst running backs this season. The running back position is it just isn't really giving us the oomph that we we have seen in the past. And Etienne is one of the few guys that are giving you week to week stud production. So I like the call in that sense. 
I think San Francisco, I mean, typically speaking, you think of San Francisco as a tough matchup, but uh, they've been, they have been allowing uh, um, some high scores as of late. They, they do rank fifth in rush yards allowed per game. But as you said, ETN is almost a lock for probably 20 touches. And he's just been an absolute workhorse. In, in the last four games, he's just, I mean, he's scored 26, 20, 23, 23, 40. It, it's just, um, he's just on an insane run. So it's hard not to like that pick when Travis ETN is just getting all the work he can handle and he's, and he's converting on it. For sure. It really is a rarity now, the running back position dying off, at least in terms of what it was 10 plus years ago. But yeah, whenever you can put these those high profile running backs in your lineup for right around seven grand, I'm willing to do it. Uh, so we'll see how that one pans out. I'm going to have some more thoughts on this game down the line, too. So we'll, we'll put a pin in that one for now. But let's move on to our uh, defenses here our, in our two deep section. I got to know, uh, are you paying up big money for defenses this week, my man? Or are you kind of cheaping out on us here? So I cheaped out last week and it did not work out. The Giants just uh, completely uh, laid an egg, just completely fell flat. So I'm going the opposite direction. I am going to start the most expensive defense of the week. And that's the New York, I mean, sorry, the the, uh, Dallas Cowboys who are playing those New York Giants at 4,400. The Giants are are, uh, ranked 32nd. Uh, against opposing defenses and I just don't know how you can keep them out of your lineup this week Tommy DeVito it should be under center this week versus Dallas and with Daniel Jones under center in week one this Dallas defense scored 37 fantasy points and this Giants team got a lot worse since week one they they sacked the Giants eight times last week DeVito was uh, credited uh, being sacked six times Daniel Jones twice Unfortunately, Daniel Jones left that game with an ACL injury, but the, the Raiders just absolutely destroyed them. DeVito threw two picks, and like I said, the, the Raiders had eight eight sacks, and the Cowboys have a, a much better defense than the Las Vegas Raiders. So in my opinion, I just don't – I just think this matchup is way too uh, tantalizing to, to not pay up for. I just don't see – you cheat if you cheap out on a defense this week. I don't the the cost savings that you get um in the positional players, I, I still don't think you make up the points that I think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna get this week. I just think it's just a dream matchup for the Cowboys. And I, I just think the Giants are gonna get slaughtered. So I think it was an easy call to pay up this week. I completely agree on that. And for for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned, I also inserted the Dallas Cowboys into my lineup this week. So uh, I could definitely keep piling on here and, and add to that. Um, Aaron did go a different route, so we'll get to his pick in a second here. But while we're talking Dallas, you know, the it, the 4,400 mark is about as expensive as you'll find a defense on the slate just about any any given week. And that's really just because, you know, the DFS algorithm and the handicappers out there, all the experts in the industry are, are just all over this one. Uh, just a really good Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys defense playing at home against the Lily Giants team. Who knows who's playing quarterback for them this week? It's going to be an absolute train wreck regardless <laughs> of who they trot out there. And this Dallas defense specifically, we know they're good, but they've particularly feasted against uh, teams that are in the bottom third of the league in points per game, which uh, of course the Giants certainly are. Uh, they've had four such matchups for teams in that category this so far this year. And in those games, they've returned 15 or more fantasy points in each of those matchups. And they also played this same Giants team back in week one. 
And that's when they had Daniel Jones in the line. If you remember, they smacked him around on Sunday Night Football. They beat him 40 to nothing. And in that game, they returned a ridiculous 37 points in that matchup, which is absurd. And that's probably not even going to happen again this week. But the moral of the story here, folks, the, the big takeaway is just spend the money on defense this week. Spend it up on Dallas, and you're not going to regret it later. But to give you a little bit of a different perspective, uh, Aaron did cheap out on us here. Good to give you that range, one at the top, one at the bottom. And so he's actually going with the Bengals. He thinks that uh, in the matchup with the Texans here that that they're, that the that Houston's not going to be able to replicate what they did a week ago uh, by putting up that big 39-point margin. Uh, he just thinks that Cincinnati's going to get ahead on them and they're going to be uh, essentially playing catch-up from there, which could lead to turnovers and all those you know sacks from C.J. Stroud and young quarterback and, and all those things. So obviously we're in agreement here on Dallas. Do you have any thoughts on, the, on Aaron Roll with Cincinnati this week? As I said, I, I just don't think it's smart to go in another direction this week. Uh, in, in weeks past, I get it. Let's save, let's save a couple thousand, let's say $1,500 and I'll, I'll get a, uh, a better player uh, in the positional players. But as I, as I mentioned before, I just think the point difference you're going to see vert with the Dallas defense versus the Bengals defense. I don't think that extra $2,000, $1,500, that you're gonna spend up on a on a, a quote unquote better player is gonna make up for for that difference. And I honestly don't want to bet against CJ Stroud right now either. I mean, the guy just threw for five touchdowns and over 400 yards. He's completely turned that organization around, and it's uh, it's it's crazy to see what he's doing thus far as as a rookie. And I I hope the train keeps rolling for him. So I'm I'm in disagreement with with uh, downtown Brown here. I would I would just pay up for the Dallas Cowboys defense, and uh, I think he may be getting a little too cute uh, trying to uh, rain on the Texans parade right now. I completely agree. I hate the call too, so I'll I'll just say that confidently that I'm not in favor of Aaron Downtown Brown's Cincinnati Bengals call up for this week. But it's Aaron has this funny thing where when he says sometimes he says these crazy outlandish things and every now and again they actually pan out for him so i'm not telling you there's a zero percent chance it doesn't work out for him here i'm just telling you that conventional logic would say go with dallas and you and me are on that side of it as well so we'll leave it at that it's two to one for now aaron but we'll put a pin in that and we'll see how that pans out in week 10 and with that let's just keep the train chugging along my man we're gonna go to the pick six category here these are the players that you have to really cut some costs with typically and kind of get those cheaper guys in your lineup here. So, Ethan, throwing the ball right back to you, brother. Who do you have as your first pick six player for this week? Kind of a dirty pick right here. He, he hasn't had a great season, and he's his dynasty stock, fantasy stock, has, has fallen considerably over the last probably year, year and a half, and that's running back Najee Harris at 4,900. And I just like the matchup. Uh, they're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers are at home against the Packers. The Packers are a team who have been struggling to score points and they're 24th ranked against the run. I just think the Steelers are going to play some smash mouth football. And I think Harris is going to get a ton of opportunity on the ground. He he did pretty well against a, a pretty decent uh, Tennessee rushing defense uh, last week. He had 16 carries uh, for 69 yards and a touchdown. He's had double-digit fantasy points in the last three weeks, including two touchdowns. And I think he's starting to kind of get in, get in a little roll here. I, I'm projecting that he's going to get a minimum 15 carries uh, again this week. And I, I just think he takes advantage of it. 
Uh, I don't think the Packers are, are going to be able to put up a ton of points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it's going to lead to a run heavy game script for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, win another ugly game and uh, get a, get out of Dodge with a W. So I, I like Najee Harris for $4,900 this week. So I have a running back in that same game and plays for the same team as Najee Harris, but I actually have Jalen Warren in my lineup. Um, I just think he does a little bit more in the passing game. I think he looks more explosive as well. So I think if one of these backs is going to hit a home run, it's going to be Jalen Warren. But the the touch distribution, touch distribution was was pretty close last week. Uh, I want to say it was 16 touches for Najee, 15 for Jalen Warren. So their workloads has becoming it's getting closer and closer. It'll probably between these two, it's probably going to come down to who finds the end zone. Uh, if the workload is going to be similar, but I'm just going to gamble on Warren who has does a little bit more in the passing game and, you know, maybe he hits a, a big play or not, but he actually was not a guy that I was going to put in my pick six uh, lineup here. But do you have any, any thoughts on maybe the Warren versus Najee comparison before I go on to my first guy? Uh, I completely agree that Warren looks like the more explosive back. Uh, I don't know if you remember way back in, in August bef- uh, before the season, we were, we were talking about, uh, Jalen Warren. He was one of my one of my sleeper picks because I did think he looked more explosive than Najee Harris. He was steadily getting an increased workload and he was just crazy efficient with his touches. I, I do think he definitely has a better chance to break one uh, than Najee, but kind of like you said, I, I think Najee is the one that's going to fall in the end zone if, if they get inside the five, which is why I went with Najee Harris uh, last week, first drive of the game. The, the Steelers move the ball down the field and Najee Harris uh, get, gets a touchdown. Um, other thing in the first or, or second drive, it was, er, it was early on. So I'm hoping it's a similar result this week, but that's why I went with Najee. Funny thing here, last point on the Steelers backfield comparison is that we're kind of talking about them both being really comparable. DraftKings agrees with us as well. Warren's priced at 5,000, Najee's priced at 4,900. So they're right. They are literally back to back when you go to, uh, look through the available backs get into your lineup. So we'll see how that pans out. It'll probably come down to who scores and we'll see who that's going to be, but I'll go to my player here. I'm actually going quarterback. I'm going cheap in this, uh, in this range, $5,700 for Brock Purdy going back to this Jacksonville 49ers game. And, you know, for the first stretch of games to Brock Purdy's career, you know, the guy, he was ridiculous. He was winning every single week, you know, it was unreal, but he has kind of hit a little bit of a speed bump here in his last three outings, throwing just three touchdowns to go along with five interceptions in that span. The team, has, of course, has lost all three of those games. Obviously, that's not all on him. They missed a makeable field goal against Cleveland. Um, and then, you know, he had the concussion towards the end of their game against Minnesota the following week. So things just have not really been shaping up for Purdy lately. So usually I'd want to see a player write the ship before I go back with them in my daily lineups. But that's just not the case here. I have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan and his 49ers football team around Brock Purdy to just kind of get things going in the correct direction coming out of a much needed bye week. Debo Samuel is expected to be back on the field for this one. So the San Fran skill skill player pool that we know is incredibly deep um, between, you know, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and obviously CMC. Um, they should all be ready to go for this game. And the Jacksonville defense has given up the 28th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. Overall here, Ethan, this just feels like a spot to me where Purdy can rebound and San Fran kind of just reestablishes themselves as one of the top teams in the NFC with the stretch run of the 2023 regular season upon us. What do you think about that? I love the call. I 
was actually on the fence to even to, to bring up Purdy as one of my pick six players as he is in my starting quarterback slot for this week. So couldn't agree more. I think he bounces back. Like you said, after the bye, Debo's coming back. It's, I just think it's going to be a smash, smash spot for him. So I couldn't agree more as I was very, very close to bringing him up as my pick six player. Love it. We're kind of more or less in, in lockstep there again. Not quite. You didn't pull the trigger on it, but you like it. So so uh, it's worth rolling with. Let's sandwich both of Aaron's pick six players in here, and then I'll, I'll just give you your uh, – we'll get your immediate reaction to those. Um, first guy here is Hollywood Brown for $5,200. He's just really looking forward to Kyler Murray being back in the lineup here. Uh, he's actually – Kyler will actually be playing his first game since December of 2022. Ethan, you and I made the trek out to Arizona – um, from yes, the New did. England area to see that. And we saw Kyler Murray play for about three, maybe four plays before he was just done, carted off the field. Um, so he's getting back out there for the first time. Um, so what are your thoughts on that one before I go into his next guy? It's going to be nice to see Kyler Murray back, and I think he does target target Marquise Brown quite a bit. I mean, outside Marquise Brown, there's just not a ton ton there so i definitely see the upside this week going with a, a guy like marquise brown for only 5200 i mean we all know brown has, has the speed and the ability to pop off on any given play so i, I do like the upside uh there for 5200 and uh, it'll be exciting to see what kyler does this week this is probably a spot where i would have exercised a little bit more caution just n- without kyler playing football in, in essentially a year and you know the team it's kind of a mess out there in Arizona. They obviously have one of the worst records in the league. You know, Kyler is a guy who does rely a lot on mobility. So maybe he does stand in the pocket and throw in his first game back. I just think it's going to might possibly be a situation where he's not so sure of himself out there with a bad team around him coming off the injury. So I don't love the call. I don't hate the price, but I would probably would have stayed away from the Cardinals players this week, but we'll see on that one. I could certainly see both sides of that coin. His yeah. second player that he went with here was TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's just a big fan of uh, of Josh Dobbs here. Really thinks he gave that team a spark last week. And Hawkinson, of course, can be kind of that security blanket for uh, um, a quarterback in Josh Dobbs who doesn't know a ton of the playbook is still kind of figuring it out. And he ended up scoring uh, 14 fantasy points last week, Hawkinson did. So he's going with Hawkinson. It's $5,000, and they're going up against the Saints this week, who a team that's uh, historically has a strong run defense, so you should have to throw the ball on them. So um, I actually like this call. Uh, I think Hawk could be that nice security checkdown guy, like I mentioned. But what are your thoughts on on Hawkinson this week? I like I like the Hawkinson call. Uh, just one more comment with Hollywood Brown. You you did mention that Kyler may be obviously not not fully kind of ready to go, and, and it, he may be just a little off kilter a little bit. But that may that may favor Marquise Brown a little bit just because he has that familiarity with him. Uh, all the way obviously back in college and he's obviously played with him in Arizona. So I think in, in what Aaron's thinking is he's going to lean on Brown as he has that uh, comfortability with him. So it, it could, it could pan out, but I definitely understand uh, the hesitation uh, from you commish. And then TJ Hawkinson, I think a guy like Joshua Dobbs, who who's been there, what two weeks now, whatever, whatever it's been, is going to lock into somebody and TJ Hawkinson, I think is going to be that guy seven receptions for 69 yards last week. Uh, I think he has another good week this week. It was funny. I was, uh, <clears throat> I was listening uh, to another podcast and they were mentioning 
that Joshua Dobbs was literally asking like guys like Jordan Addison and TJ, TJ Hawkinson, what the reads were on this play or, or, or what, what, what to do. Cause he, he was literally there what less than a week. So it was, it was kind of funny that they're, they're almost like playing a little backyard football telling Dobbs exactly what's going on. And he's, he's still went out there and I believe was QB for the week, which is kind of, kind of crazy. So uh, I like, uh, I do like the TJ Hawkinson call. Yeah, we'll see how that one pans out. I mean, the Dobbs story is a good one. Uh, it's already shaping up to be a, something that, you know, that we, we need a 30 for 30 on what the guy's been doing over the last year. <laughs> Seriously. Between, between you know, showing up last minute to play in Tennessee a year ago to obviously he gets to Arizona. They don't have his, uh, his jersey available in the pro <laughs> shop. And he's a starting quarterback. <laughs> to now he's getting shipped over to Minnesota in the middle of the year, doesn't know the playbook and is out there winning games for teams. So it's a good story for him, good story for the league. And, you know, well, hopefully he can keep it up and hopefully for Aaron uh, and Hawkinson can, can keep crushing here, but let's keep, keep chugging along here on these pick six guys, Ethan, who do you got? Who else you got here? Who else are you putting in your lineup here for super cheap this week? Yeah. So this player, I'm actually going to stay, stay with the tight end position. I know it's, I know we don't love piggybacking on great performances, but the, the matchup was just a little, it was just too great of a matchup for me to pass up. And I'm going to go Dalton Schultz for 4,900. He, he, he went off uh, this past week. Uh, he had 10 receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. And I just think he's going to have another high uh, target share this week. The over under of this game is 48, which is second on the slate. So I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. And I know, Aaron thinks the uh, Bengals defense is going to come come through this week, but I, I just think the Texans keep rolling, and I think Dalton Schultz is going to be a big reason for that. The Cincinnati Bengals ha- haven't been very good at all against the tight end position. They ranked 32nd. They allowed George Kittle nine catches for 149. They allowed the rookie Kincaid 10 catches for 81, and, and I just think C.J. Stroud looks, looks at uh, Dalton Schultz again, uh, as I mentioned, he just had, I mean, huge receptions totals and target totals this past week with 11 targets. And I, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't have another big game. So I, I really like Dalton Schultz this week. I hope he goes back to back killer games, but the, the matchup was just too, too, uh, too much for me to, uh, to stay away from. I really thought you were going to drop the word tantalizing in there for the second time. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it, but I couldn't, I couldn't drop it twice. You, you were thinking long and hard about it. I could tell. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, I, I like the logic. It's sound. It should be a high scoring game. CJ Stroud's been balling as a rookie quarterback, good matchup against the team in a high scoring game. So I am all for that. Uh, you'll get no argument from me on that front, but speaking of piggybacking on, on high profile performances at the tight end position, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing here with my pick. I'm going to be going with Taysom Hill, who's playing at Minnesota this week for 5,100. And I don't usually roll with tight ends who've seen five or fewer targets in eight of nine games played this year, but Hill is just a different deal altogether, my man. He just continues to be the ultimate all-purpose weapon for the Saints, for the Saints team. And, you know, he can catch the ball. He's got, he's got 20 receptions for 142 yards and a touchdown. He can run the ball. He's got 49 carries for 255 yards and three scores on the ground. He can throw the ball. He's got six attempts for 72 yards and a touchdown. Like the guy's just the ultimate Swiss army knife out there. And over the last four weeks, he's averaging 18 fantasy points per game, which is good for tight end one overall 
on a per game basis over that span. So the guy's absolutely crushing. And what this is here is really just a case of me wanting to ride this wave where I can get this type of upside and cost certainty, at least in terms of, you know, the usage he's going to get at a price of just over $5,000. And sometimes you just got to keep rolling with those guys who are on a heater. So that's what I'm doing here with Taysom Hill. So what do you, what do you think about the do it all specialist down there in new Orleans? Yeah, Taysom Hill. Uh, he's annoyed me over the years, uh, vulturing touchdowns from from my guy Kamara. I feel like there's always a stretch every single year where Taysom Hill is just top priority on the waivers or, or whatever it may be, and everybody's trying to get him their lineup because he, he's just going off. He had 11 uh, attempts, rushing attempts last week, which I believe was more than Kamara, who only had nine, and he's just been a big part of that offense, and I think that continues. Like like you said, it. it they're, they're, the Saints are probably going to ride that heater, and you're going to ride that heater. So I, I don't hate the call. A lot, a lot of tight end call-outs uh, in, in the pick-six category, just a lot of good matchups, a lot of good, a lot of good options. But uh, I'd rather start Schultz, but I, 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 see, I definitely see where you're coming from at the tight end position. A guy that, can, uh, that gets that amount of carries, gets that, that kind of goal line work, and also is a threat in the, in the receiving game, uh, definitely can pay dividends. You know, if the Saints really want to break the NFL, they should just have Taysom Hill line up to return a punt this week, just 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 to do it. <laughs> yeah, he probably could do it too. I would I wouldn't put anything past that guy, but yeah, he's a yeah, he's a, he's def, a, the definition of a gadget guy with the volume to go along with it. So we'll see how that pans out here. We'll see how our tight ends look. Um, but uh, one thing that uh, we definitely need to see what pans out here is this Thursday night game here. You know, only game, game on the slate gets the week kicked off. You always got to watch it no matter what it is, but it's a little bit of an ugly one here in our under the lights category. And that of course is Panthers at bears. Chicago is a currently a three and a half point favorite in this one. The over under is at, is at 39 and this one looks like an ugly Thursday night matchup um, and where more quarterback uncertainty on a Thursday night. Uh, we're not sure who's going to be playing quarterback for the Bears. Is it going to be another week of the rookie Tyson Bajan, or is it going to be Justin Fields getting back under center for Chicago? You know, either way here, it's not two great football teams by any stretch of the imagination. These two squads have a combined three wins on the season entering this game. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick out of Alabama, has not exactly been playing in inspiring football for the Carolina Panthers coming off a game in which he tossed not one, but two pick sixes uh, last week. Um, very impressive. He, uh, you know, it's just kind of been a, been a hard watch if you're a Panthers fan. I know we have a number of Panthers fans who listen to us guys. So uh, if you're listening here to this one, just keep, uh, keep pounding as they say down there and hope for the best. Hopefully young can turn it around, but you know, we'll see what happens on fields. Um, so I guess that's kind of my quick thoughts. Just got to kind of setting the table for the game itself. Uh, why don't you give me how you think the game's going to pan out? And then I'll give you a, a little bit more on that before we get to our captain's plays. I think this is going to be a very ugly affair on a Thursday night. Just talking about Bryce Young, I can't imagine uh, how Carolina Panthers fans, the organization feels. They see Bryce Young out there tossing uh, pick six after pick six, and they see C.J. Stroud throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And it's like they gave up a decent amount to go up to get Bryce Young. And, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. So, it's not looking great uh, for Bryce Young right now. It's not looking great for Carolina. Uh, it's just kind of crazy how one decision taking 
CJ Stroud or taking Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. And you see where Carolina's going. And you see CJ Stroud over there in, in, in Houston just turning that organization around. Cause it's not like it's not like Houston has all these insane playmakers, right? I mean, he's he's I mean, Noah Brown just went off for 153 yards. So it's just crazy to see what he's doing. And it just, uh, I don't know, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you better hope uh, Bryce Young turns around quick. But I, I think this is going to be a very ugly, ugly game. I think uh, um, running backs on both sides are going to have big days. And uh, it, it's um, going to be a lot of, a lot of ground and pound on, on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, we can talk C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young any day of the week because, I, as you know, I was a C.J. Stroud guy from day one, um, especially over Bryce Young. I, I just didn't really see how people were so enamored with him. I never saw it. Yeah, I we were not big, big young guys here. We, we, we get the tape to back that up if we ever want to pull. We probably should cut up that episode sometime where we uh, we were talking rookies back in, back in the spring. But, you know, we don't need to rehash that a ton. Uh, but so – I guess back to this game here in particular, I think it's going to be ugly too, ground and pound football, as you say. I do think that the Bears win this game, whether it's Fields or Bajan. Uh So I do like them on the money line. I'm not sure how confident I am in the spread in this one. That The, the hook that they threw on there for the three and a half just really has me a little bit worried. I can easily see this game being decided by, decided by a field goal. Was well, going to be a low scoring game, so I think the Bears, the Bears do try to run the ball a lot and come up with a, with a close win at home which gets me right into our captain's lineup here. And folks, so if you're not sure exactly what we're talking about with the captain's lineup, um, you can pick any game you want on the slate. You can set a six-player lineup on DraftKings that you get a salary cap just like you would for the normal slate, but you can designate one player to be your captain. And that player, they cost one and a half times their normal rate to occupy your captain slot, but you end up getting a one, a one and a half point or one and a half times the a number of points that they would get typically for being in that captain slot. So that's what we do here. We do the Thursday game each and every week for those who are new to the program. And so we're going to talk about who we're putting in our captain's lineups now. And I'll start with this one. I'm going to go uh, off the theme of pounding the rock. I'm going to go with Deonta Foreman. It's cost $12,900 to get him into your lineup. And in recent weeks, Foreman has made the most of injuries to other running backs on this team. You know, he was actually inactive between weeks two and five, but over the last four games, he's actually touched the ball 65 times, and he's exceeded 65 rushing yards in three of those four contests. Roshan Johnson is back from from the concussion, but he's averaging just six touches per game in his return, only touched the ball three times last week. So he really very much has been playing a backseat to Deonta Foreman. And while Chicago did open up Khalil Herbert's practice window on his return from IR, uh, he remains unlikely to play this Thursday, so we'll see where he goes on that. Here, I have a little bit more to add on Foreman, but what are your quick? What's your quick takeaway from uh, for my captain's pick here? I I completely agree. He's my captain as well, so we're in lockstep there. Uh, I uh, just to piggyback off, off your off your uh, reasoning, I do think the Bears win this game. It's in Chicago, it, it, like we said, it's me ugly ground and pound game, and Deontay Foreman has just been the, the guy uh, for Chicago on the ground. He had 20 carries last week. I, I think if Khalil Herbert remains sidelined, I, I think he probably has 25-plus uh, carries uh, this week against Carolina. It's going to be an ugly, ugly game, and I think it's going to go through number 21 of the Chicago Bears because uh, Badgett hasn't looked great. And you don't really need to do much offensively to beat the Carolina Panthers. So I, I do really like that call. 
Uh, as, as I said, I think this is going to be the game of the running backs because Chicago is not very good uh, defending the run either. either. So I think uh, there's a, a potential for Hubbard to have a, a decent day as well. Uh, keep that ball out of Bryce Young's hands so he doesn't uh, cost his team any more points. But uh, I, I really like the call, and uh, we are in lockstep for our Thursday night captain's lineup. Yeah, we are in lockstep with it, which is always fun. And one thing we were in lockstep with last week was all three of us actually had Jonathan Taylor in our lineups against this very same defense on Sunday. So this is uh, another case of a good matchup for our running back. Uh, Foreman is certainly not JT, but for one game, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to fire up here in my captain slot. It looks like you are as well. Uh, Aaron did not give us a captain's pick um, for the show or a hot take, but if you're following us on Discord like you should be, uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll have those posted in there for you, uh, for you folks to check out and, and maybe set some, uh, some player props on those as well. Um, so we'll, uh, I guess we'll just move on here, uh, from this disgusting Thursday night football game that the league saddled us with for, for week 10. <laughs> and let's just go to our hot takes here, my man. Give me something that's going to gonna scorch the earth. Give me a, a, a melting hot take here that you have for, for this week. I'm going to go I'm on Ross St. Brown eight or more receptions for 125 plus yards and a touchdown. Uh, as I, as I said, uh, the chargers aren't very good covering the middle of the field. That's what the Detroit lions do best in the, in the past game. They're coming off a bye. I, I expect big things from the Detroit lions offense and I'm on Ross St. Brown's a big reason for it. All right, there you go. Backing up with your bullish buy with uh, with your hot take. That's a, that's a soft sound strategy that has I've done myself on this program many a time. Uh, so we'll see how that one pans out. You were close in your hot take last week. I uh, I hit my hot take last week, so I'm looking to go two for two this, uh, or at least two with two in a row, which would be great. Uh, I'm going to go to the Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs specifically. I'm going to say he has 130 plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown against the Jets on Sunday Night Football. The Raiders were confident in handing him the rock 26 times last week, just showing a willingness to get in there and slug it out and pound it. The Jets, as we know, they're tough to throw the ball against with, with those outside corners. And the Raiders, they want to run it, so it kind of just plays into what they uh, they want to do well. A lot of times with an interim head coach, they'll, they'll, they'll simplify the game plan, especially in the early weeks of that coach taking over. And that's just going to involve pounding the rock behind a young quarterback. So I think we could see Jacobs get more involved even in the in the passing game as well. Some maybe some of those those screen passes that we've seen him catch in the past that made him so valuable last season. But overall, here he's a volume monster, and I want to bet on him with my hot take in Week Ten. I like that Jacobs call. It's it's kind of crazy. He had twenty six carries, and I don't think he had a single uh, target. He had zero receptions. It was just it was just ground and pound and 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 uh, bell cow Jacobs. So uh, in uh, in in over there in Las Vegas. So. Uh, Jacobs is definitely starting to uh, return to form last year. He's been putting uh, some pretty good performances back to back. So it would be nice to see him put up a 130 yard uh, scrimmage uh, performance. Completely agree. And I, the last thing I thought a week ago was that I was going to go back to back weeks with the Raiders uh, for my, for my hot takes, but Hey, if that's what pans out, if that's what it takes to keep putting money in the, the pockets of our listeners here, there's going to be some good odds on this here. So check us out on our social medias on discord. I'll, I'll drop the odds in there with the player props become available. So you know what you can cash in on this week, but uh, that's what we have for you folks here. A quick, uh, quick episode here with just the two of us. And until next time, folks, peace.